Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back live right here in the studio. We're in North Palm Beach, Florida. We're broadcasting all over the planet. We are coming, we're coming to you via Facebook and and YouTube and Twitter and uh, old-fashioned podcasts. radio. Podcasts. Yeah, podcasts. Yeah, I keep forgetting about the podcasts. And uh, I think a lot of people are getting their information on podcasts now. You can. They got so many sources. So uh, all of our shows are podcasts. Or we have a website. Uh, it's just about all the detail at earlandcars.com. So uh, we're uh, if uh, if you're an old guy or an old gal, you you'd understand we're an encyclopedia of information. They don't have encyclopedias anymore. They have Google. So we're, we're kind of like the automotive how not to get ripped off by a car dealer Google for you. So uh, you can get to, get to us by these various sources. But the fun part is, is what we do live on radio. And I, uh, I don't know how many of you have been lucky enough to, to be live uh, on the air, as they say, whether it's television or radio. Uh, it's exciting. You don't know who's listening or watching, and uh, uh, it's kind of a, they, you know, they talk about stage fright, and I mean, it's, a, it's an adrenaline rush. We love it. I mean, we it's like a party here in the studio, and uh, we've got we've got Rick Kearney and Stu Stewart, Nancy Stewart, and myself with Jonathan in the controls and the digital guy that's kind of keeping all the the streaming going correctly. And uh, it's, it's like at two hours, it goes so fast. Uh, I remember we started out at a half an hour, and that was a chore, mainly because there was nobody listening. <laughs> and that's not a lot of fun. Now we have thousands and thousands of people all over the uh, world. And it's a lot of fun. And your calls are, of course, what make this interesting. And to us, uh, we learn something new every day from you. I say every day, every Saturday. And... Uh, we love to hear your comments, your criticisms, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We have an anonymous feedback line. Jump on that. A lot of people really like that. Not because, I don't know, not because you're saying something you don't want uh, other people to know you said it. It's just it's a privacy thing. I get it. And uh, I respect that. So you're anonymousfeedback.com. Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S. You're anonymous feedback.com. Great way to shoot a message out to us. And as I say, don't pull any punches. The only thing we'll do is censor a little bit. If you like to use four-letter words, we'll have to do a beep instead, but I'm only kidding. We don't get much of that. We usually get uh, actually some very informative, interesting things on anonymous feedback. And if you like the conventional mode of communication, I'm a tech. I, I love texting. 
I love texting because it doesn't invade my privacy that much. I can read the text and respond to the text at my leisure. And so we have a text number, and that's area code 772-497-6530. What, what do you have on your mind? I mean, if you're out shopping for a newer used car today, I bet you got some stuff on your mind. If you uh, stay on top of the news, you see what's going on with car prices, new and used, you got something on your mind. So let's hear it. Love to hear your experiences. You know, you know, went car shopping. What happened? Telephone car shopping. Well, however you did online. Uh, let's hear your story. And there's thousands and thousands of people out there that would love to hear your story. So, text number seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. I give that to you again. I know this is monotonous to our regular listeners, but we got a lot of new folks come on every day. Seven seven two. Four nine seven six five three zero. Now, the favorite uh, that we have, and this is because the personality comes through. You hear the, you hear the accents, you hear the dialects, you hear the, vo- you know the, you know, the, the passion and people's voices, real, real voices, and that's on our audio, and that's on our real old-fashioned, I call telephone, area code, eight seven seven. Nine six zero nine nine six zero. That's area code eight seven seven nine six zero nine nine six zero. We've only got about four or five lines, and we don't uh, like to have you wait. So Nancy Stewart, my co-host here, and she's sitting on my left here in the studio. She's got a computer screen, and when you call, bam, your name comes up, uh, and we get to you ASAP. <coughs> we try. We try to prioritize you when you call in, so we won't we won't keep you waiting. And uh, we at least we're going to try not to. Sometimes we get overwhelmed, we drop the ball. I apologize in advance. Now, I have a special announcement to make because I always talk about Rick Kearney. Rick Kearney uh, is our certified diagnostic master technician, and he's he's been with uh, our organization. You know, we're car dealers. He's been with our car dealership uh, for. 25 years, Rick? Actually, about uh, 26 26. now. 26. So so he's just the best of the best. uh, There's nobody that knows more about uh, repairing cars than Rick. And he just got got an award that just absolutely blew me away. Uh, Toyota gave him an award for his expertise and knowledge about repairing vehicles. And, of course, today's vehicle is a very, very complicated thing. And uh, they're so complicated that uh, there's a lot of problems out there, and a lot of times people don't know how to fix cars. Dealerships don't fix cars. They bring in people from the factory. Sometimes they don't know how to fix cars. The complication of the computerized vehicle is a a challenge to the best of the best. Now, Rick received an award. There were, he was number four out of all the dealerships in the Southeast United States. Now that's Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Oh, what a minute. North and South Carolina. North and South Carolina. And and there's thousands. How many thousands of technicians participated? 4,300 uh, techs. 4,300. Mr. Kearney here was number four. That's that is incredible. And, Top uh, one percent. He's a one percenter. <laughs> so uh, that's impressive. And so if you have a question about a car, there's proof of the pudding that Rick Kearney is the man to call. And you can call him. At any of these numbers, Rick also monitors our YouTube. So if you like YouTube, Rick will see your question or your comment right away. 
But uh, Rick Kearney, the best of the best. I mean, I, I can't. I mean, that's that's a lot of competition. Four thousand three hundred ticks, and what is that? One hundredth of one percent, or one tenth of one? I mean, you were in, you were in the ninety nine point nine nine percent. Got to get the calculator. You on. can't get much better Don't than ask that. Ask me so. to do math. At any rate, call Rick uh, if you have any comments. Congratulations, uh, YouTube comments or Facebook or anything else, because you can just call eight seven seven. 960-9960-772 is our text number, 772-497-6530. And uh, if you have a problem with your car, I don't care what kind of car you drive, uh, if you have a problem and you don't know whether you should go to the dealership or an independent mechanic or maybe try to fix it yourself or maybe just ignore it, a lot of questions people have. These cars are expensive. You don't want to have it break on you on the turnpike. So give us a call. Rick can diagnose oftentimes right here on the air. And if not, you can contact him later and he can give you some more specifics. So love to hear from you. Uh, Stu Stewart, sitting across uh, the table from me here. Uh, he's in charge of our Mr. Shopping Report. He's the hands-on guy, gentleman, general manager of our dealership. And uh, you know he sees what's going on day by day, hour by hour in the auto industry. And... Uh, I'm more strategic. He's more tactic, tactical, and uh, he can give you the the uh, what happened today, what happened yesterday, what happened last week. And let me tell you, there's nothing changing faster than retail automobile. I mean, everything. It's going crazy. The whole the whole industry. I mean, we're going from combustion engines to electric to autonomous. Uh, we're in the middle of a unprecedented shortage of parts, microchips. Prices are going so high. It's scary. People can't afford to buy cars. The dealers are leaning on you, charging you thousands of dollars over a sticker. If you have a question about the day-to-day events, call Stu Stewart. And on my left is Nancy Stewart, and uh, she's my co-host, and she's our female advocate. She's uh, uh, been, with, been with the radio show. She founded it with me 20 years ago when we were a half-an-hour show on a little uh, radio station called Seaview. They're no longer in business, but we're in the same studio, and now we're on for two hours instead of half an hour. So she's been with me the whole time, the whole ride, and uh, she's a very, very strong advocate for you female buyers out there. She's got a special offer for you. If you haven't called the show before and you've been listening, uh, or if you haven't been listening, and if you're listening now, listen to a special offer, and this is no strings attached. This is not one of these... You say there's no such thing as a free lunch. Nancy's going to tell you about a free lunch. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars. If you just tuned in, boy, we've got a fantastic show ahead and uh, a lot of information. We depend on you, and we enjoy your company, and we enjoy your calls, your texts, YouTube, all of it. So take advantage of all those options that you can you know get to us and communicate with us how your week went whether it was purchasing a car leasing a car servicing a car and uh, especially for the first two female callers you can win yourself fifty dollars this morning first two female callers you can win yourself fifty dollars so take advantage of that simply call and say hello or uh, share your uh, experience with uh, maybe uh, your your auto insurance um, everything's on the rise uh, you know due to inflation 
So uh, auto insurance, whether you leasing, whether you can afford to purchase a vehicle, what your decision was in purchasing a vehicle, you know, was it the cost of the car or what it would cost to keep it on the road? 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530, and you can also... You can also, uh, sorry, I got distracted there for a second. You can also take advantage of uh, your anonymous feedback. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Youranonymousfeedback.com. So take advantage of all those avenues and uh, stay with us for the next two hours and enjoy all of this free advice. Um, you know, I have to take a moment. Earl opened the show and he mentioned Rick and I have to say congratulations to Rick. And I can't imagine the amount of stress that it took, uh, not only on the last, you know, end of it all, uh, but the, the whole journey. And what a talent, what knowledge, uh, what excellence. Uh, and we have Rick right here and we're certainly thankful for that. So I wanted to mention that again, and it's sort of a segue for me to mention the recovering car dealer who was quoted in the Wall Street Journal uh, this past week. It was, uh, I believe, on Wednesday, and it had to do with uh, Ford, GM, and the warning to dealers about pricing. And, uh, you know, it, it excited me. And I thought maybe all of you would be interested and it would sort of open up the lines, the phone lines, and you'd give us a call and let us know how you feel. I'll give you just an idea of uh, what uh, is in the article. And it talks about dealerships that can lose future inventory for selling cars above suggested retail prices. And uh, this is a, a quote from uh, Jim Farley. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you, you know, it, it doesn't mean that everyone's going to have a come-to-Jesus moment, uh, but it's a beginning, as I spoke with Earl about the article. And it, uh, it, it's, a, it's a light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, he is definitely warning these car dealers. And he says, quote-unquote, I know who you are. And uh, as, as recent, with it almost three years now, um, all of you know uh, what's happened with new cars, used cars, uh, the, the inventory uh, situation, the microchip situation, all the reasons uh, for your, well, problems that we have. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna let Earl take over and uh, talk about the article where he was quoted. Yeah, it's just uh, a word got out that uh, our dealership draws a line at MSRP. Matter of fact, the, uh, uh, the top guy for Toyota in North America, Bob Carter, uh, actually said uh, the other day that he was asking all the dealers to draw the line at MSRP. Well, all they could do is ask. They can't make it, so uh, car dealers are independent businessmen. Unfortunately, uh, most every dealer, and we've been doing mystery shopping during this whole pandemic, most every dealer is charging thousands of dollars over manufacturers suggested retail price. So basically, I, they, they called me, the reporter asked uh, what we were doing. And I said, we just thought that uh, we got to draw the line somewhere. You have, to have a, you have to have some morals and ethics when you sell cars. And uh, people are going to have a, a problem uh, when they buy a car $3,000 over a sticker. 
because they're going to be buried in that car. You've heard the term upside down. When you pay way, way too much for a vehicle and you finance it, uh, you uh, can't afford to trade it in on another car. So in a lot of ways, the dealers that are doing this are hurting themselves as well as their customers. But uh, we'll see how that pans out. Uh, how about, uh, Stu, how are we doing on text over there? We got anything We have in? Anne-Marie's uh, kickoff test, text waiting to be read and uh, a couple of uh, anonymous feedbacks. Let's go with Anne-Marie's. Anne-Marie says, good morning. Years ago, the guys in Car Talk were asked, was there a safe speed at which to hit a deer? Okay, this is going to be a great question. Say that again. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Years ago, the guys in Car Talk, yeah. that old car radio show, says, uh, were asked, was there a safe speed at which to hit a deer? Oh. The reply was along these lines, don't. Bambi has a high center of gravity and can crash through your windshield. Uh, here in urban South Florida, we don't have to worry about deer or moose versus cars the way people have to do up north. Instead, our critter versus car threat comes from our latest invasive species, the iguana. I've seen them zipping across some of West Palm Beach's busiest roads as if they were playing chicken with South Florida traffic. I have too, right here in North Palm Beach. Um, th this prompts the following questions. One, have any vehicles come into your dealership that have been damaged by an encounter with an iguana? And two, so what kind of damage was it? How bad was it? In your experience, what animal causes the most damage to cars, I guess, around here? Um, I have never heard of a um, damage from the iguana damaging the car, but I can imagine somebody swerved and maybe got into an accident. I, I can see several scenarios. You know, you hit it and tires slip or something like that. Yeah. But... To, to start at the back end first, the, the most damage, the biggest damage causing in uh, creature are rats. rats. Yeah, they chew on the wires, cost a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, that's not what she's talking about though. But no, the other one yeah. that I would see here actually though is what we've experienced in the past week and a half to two weeks is Love when bugs. we get our our temperature drops, and these iguanas. Now bear in mind, some of these animals are five yeah. and six feet long and they weigh 20 and 30 pounds yeah. and when it gets cold enough they become torpid and they sleep oh. up in trees high branches there are actually videos on the internet that people have caught where these they fall onto the car and you yeah. hear this loud thunk as they hit the ground imagine that hitting the roof of your car yeah. on a sunroof even a bare metal roof is going to cause some damage. This will be a question the for glass. Alan, just if he's had any dents yeah. in the roof of the car in the in the yeah. shape of an iguana. That, that'd be a, the question I'd be looking for. So. Yeah. So Thanks, Anne-Marie. That yeah. was interesting. So, unfortunately, the, 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 the answer for the most damage are pretty boring. It's bird droppings, rat-chewing cables, and love bug damage on your, on your yes. paint. Yeah. So, that's up here. But you got to go up for north for more exciting animal yeah. damage, I think. I want to <laughs> ask Tom and Ray, but they're not around anymore. That's car talk. That's the brothers. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Stu? <laughs> okay. Uh, here, let's get a little bit more, a uh, little serious question. It says, uh, Rick, this is anonymous feedback. Rick, I have a dim battery light indicator light that's on. What does this mean? It most likely means that your alternator is starting to give out. Okay. I would have that alternator tested, and I would also take a very good look at the drive belt for it. Okay, that's great. I, I thought that was maybe just they had a insufficiently bright battery light, but a, a dim light indicates something else? Yeah, generally the battery light only comes on when the voltage level of the alternator starts to drop below a certain level. And it could be, you know, you may have an issue also in the combination meter that's shorting and causing that light to come on a little bit. But the first thing I would be testing is the alternator because obviously if that is going bad, 
that's a shutdown issue. That'll kill your car where you're at and leave you stuck on the side of the road. Well, thanks, Greg. Rick, that's a great answer, and it's a never, never had that question before either. Oh. See? That's what we keep talking about, these little things that yeah. our listeners are uncovering and yeah. helping other listeners learn uh, and helping us learn great, as well. Great points, too. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget about YouTube. Back to Stu. Okay, another anonymous feedback. Um, it says, are dealers with low-quality brands like Fiat, Mitsubishi, and Nissan now selling all their cars uh, just like their highly quali- higher quality comp- competitors like Toyota, Honda, and Hyundai? Like, are they still selling their cars at a at a premium? Sure. Yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they're, they're, everybody is doing it. It's uh, it's supply and demand, and uh, I I talk to uh, people in the business and. Uh, you know, there's no law against selling any product you have. There's a, a price gouging issue that comes up, uh, which has to do with vital uh, uh, gasoline during a hurricane, uh, uh, you know, duct tape and uh, plywood during hurricanes, you know, things that are emergency requirements. Uh, you can get in trouble with that, and, uh, and, and there's laws on most of the state books. I think there's no federal laws, but uh, they can pretty much control people that try to uh, charge a uh, arm and a leg for a substance that's required for safety or health. Uh, there's an argument to be made that you need a car; it could be a vital uh, part of a person's life, and I do. I agree with that. But there are no laws on cars, and you can charge a million dollars for a car that has an MSRP of ten thousand. I mean, it just uh, uh, there's no law. And uh, uh, what happens? This is capitalism. The dealers uh, charge as much as they can get away with. And right now, it's thousands of dollars over a sticker. Right. And there is always consequences to actions. And like we all mentioned earlier, you know, if you have a uh, short-sighted view of business, you are very likely to jump in and go crazy with everybody else. If you have a little bit longer view of, uh, of business, uh, the long view. Well, there's also the argument that uh, people have short memories. and uh, they're, they're gambling on that. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and there's also the fact that, that here's what's happened. First of all, the... The automobile retail business has been just a bad business for a long time, before the pandemic. Car dealers took advantage of people even before the pandemic. We know that. And uh, if you look at the Gallup annual poll on honesty and ethics in the professions, car dealers are either dead last or next to last every year for over 50 years. So here's what's happening. It's it's kind of an interesting phenomenon. Uh, A person goes out to buy a car. They go to uh, Charlie Smith Buick and they buy a car. Charlie Smith Buick takes advantage of them and they really, really, really uh, anger them. So what do they do? When they buy their next Buick, maybe they love Buicks, they probably, you know, people are Buick families. And they go to the other guy. So they go to another Buick dealer. Well, uh, if that dealer also takes advantage of them, four years later, they'll go to another Buick dealer. Uh, see, they, they blame it on the dealership, but the fact is, all the dealerships are the same way. So. It's very interesting. The loyalty of people buying cars from one dealership is very low. The loyalty to buying a make a car, if you, if you decide you like Chevrolets and you've never bought, never bought anything but a Chevrolet in your life, then you're very loyal to General Motors and Chevrolet. But the fact that you had to go to five or six different Chevrolet dealers and you still haven't had a pleasant car buying experience. So this is happening a little bit with the price gouging. And you're paying three or four or five or fifty thousand dollars, crazy money over sticker. When it happens to you, 
Do you penalize the manufacturer? Probably not. Right. You, you go to another dealer, and then you hope and keep your fingers crossed. So Interesting uh, statistic here. Uh, this is in the Washington Post. Um, in 2000, January 2021, a year ago, um, almost, nearly 100% of cars were sold under MSRP. Uh, in January 2022, it was, it was 17% of all cars sold in the United States were sold under MSRP. 82% were sold over MSRP. Hmm. That's how how widespread this is. Yeah. I read another another article that I, th- I can't remember where I saw it. That's what I, was, I was trying to find it. It was talking about all these clever little add-ons that restaurants and other businesses are doing to uh, cope with the increased costs um, from the su- supply chain issues, yeah. including uh, little uh, service fees and things like that. And it was, it was interesting because they, they look like dealer fees. And there was a manager of a restaurant interviewed. He says, well, if the customer asks about it, we'll, we'll, we'll take it off without any questions asked. And then they went over to the car dealers. And they mentioned now that the car dealers have come up with things like market adjustments to deal with the increased cost. I'm re- thinking, no, they didn't just come up with this. They've been doing that for, for, yeah. for decades. Yeah. And they're not doing it to cope with increased costs. They're doing it because there's a phenomena occurring, and they're getting in when the getting's good. <laughs> That's what's happening. Yeah, one thing that uh, we haven't talked about on the show that we should have, I just got reminded of this actually from an attorney uh, for the uh, Florida Automobile Dealers Association, and uh, we were talking about this subject about price gouging. And he said, you know, the biggest harm from this that people are talking about is gap insurance. And when you buy a car and you, uh, and you pay five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 over sticker, well, this isn't going to last. We know I've been wrong in forecasting when they were going to come down. The price is actually coming down a little bit now. But let's say you buy a car today and you pay $5,000 over MSRP. And you keep the car for five years. Well, five years, I can pretty well assure you, cars are going to be back to below MSRP, probably way below. And that's just the way economic cycles go. Now, uh, you're going to be out on the market uh, if you have wrecked your car, uh, and your insurance company is going to look at the market value. Uh, the market value is going to have dropped, and you're not going to be able to replace that car for anywhere near what you paid for it. So you're upside down, and you're... The gap insurance is a threat to you. So there's a lot of hidden uh, threats that we are, uh, the retail buyer of cars is uh, encountering that he's not going to get the full impact of until the prices come back down again. A lot of people are going to be driving a car a lot longer than they want to. More text. Okay, let's go on to the next anonymous feedback. It says, I've noticed that you've never had a mystery shop for any Genesis dealers. Is there one in your area that you can shop? And technically, we have. Uh, most of the Genesis dealers exist within a uh, Hyundai dealership. So the closest Genesis dealer to us is Napleton's Hyundai, which we have mystery shop many times. But yeah. we've never gone there to shop a Genesis. And we've had other calls looking for um, shops of, uh, of luxury dealers. And we agree that we should do those eh, not, not often, but every once in a while. And uh, that sounds like a pretty pretty good idea. There's a Genesis dealer up in Stewart, the town about 45 minutes uh, north of us, and that's part of the the Wallace Auto Group. So I'm assuming it's in the Hyundai showroom or a part of it. But we'll do a little research and uh, and we'll do it. We'll do a Genesis shot. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a good idea. There's not that many Genesis on the road, but uh, I understand it's a pretty good car. It's uh, it's uh, a luxury car at a far lower price than what you have to pay for. Uh, a brand electric car like Lexus, so something to consider. Yeah. Actually, I don't. I don't think they're electric. The Genesis are uh, just luxury. Yeah, they don't think there's an electric Genesis yet. No, I said Lexus. 
<laughs> See, it's the mask. Yes, yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Excuse me, sir. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Give us a call. We have a whole lot to talk to, a lot to get to, and we're looking forward to speaking to you. Eight seven seven. Nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Now back to Sue. Well, that caught us up. The last uh, anonymous feedback, so we're caught up with text and anonymous feedback. So please, uh, please send them in. We're we're waiting for you, Rick. Do you have any uh, questions on YouTube? We've got one quick one here from Negan. One, he says, uh, in regard to car prices uh, and the the issues people are going to have, what about the major depreciation hit after a couple of years? Bad stuff. Yeah, I mean the the distance down is going to be even farther. So you buy a car for four thousand over MSRP, things start settling down in three years. You go to uh, market normalizes, your car is going to be priced normally. You're going to have a much larger percentage uh, drop in depreciation during ownership. Absolutely, that moment can't get here quick enough. So, um, and the question is, how long is that? Is this going to last? Uh, I don't want to give any give anything away in the mystery shopping report, but. There's rumors floating around. It could be three years. <laughs> so yeah. We don't know. But Everybody has a different question, prediction. Question the source. Sure. Yeah. I would trust Earl's uh, uh, as a source more than a, a salesperson. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I have to wear my – you're pointing your finger at me, Nancy. At Napleton. Again. <laughs> We're going to go to Marty. Uh, Earl's going to get back to what he was getting ready to talk about. And Marty is a regular caller from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Good morning. I, I got a two questions. First question uh, for, I guess, Earl would be, uh, if you're missing a, if a car's under warranty and you're missing a part because you can't get it or you, you got to wait uh, two months for it, but the car won't run, do you give the person another car to drive or is he just out of luck? Well, I think that's pretty SOP, yeah, Marty, and I think mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you have to push for it, but if you have a car that won't run, uh, and uh, they can't fix it uh, under new car warranty, uh, I would think that almost every dealer would e either get you a rental car or give you one of their cars to drive, yeah. and you can't have anybody. Uh, if they don't, then you have to push for it. Sometimes you might have to ask. Rental cars are very expensive now, as you well know, and so if it's an expense, it should be passed along to the manufacturer. The dealer shouldn't even have to uh, pocket that expense. So. If they if they give you a hard time on that, we've seen push. people in, in rental cars for for months and months. I yeah. mean, the first thing that comes to mind is the Takata, which wasn't a, a warranty yeah. thing, but that was a recall issue that yeah, we safety couldn't get issue, parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah safety. And so, yeah. Answer your okay. question, Marty. Yeah, that answered that one. Now I got another thing. I just wanted to tell you, I test drove a Genesis from Napleton there on North Lake, uh -huh. and the and the car drove terrible. Really. Yeah. So when, I, so when I pulled it back in, I said to the salesman, I said, yeah, this, this car is just a piece of junk. I'm surprised. I said, it didn't, I said this, this car, he said, well, we didn't have time to set it up and test it. I said, well, you shouldn't, get, <laughs> I said, you shouldn't give a prospective customer a car yeah. that doesn't yeah, run well. You. And I said, I would never buy one of these. And I said, uh... I, I said that's not a good business practice, but Napleton, from my experience in there, is a very tough dealership. And I know people that have bought uh, Hondas from them, but they say they're all right. But I would stay out of there. Yeah, the Genesis. Funny, I know a guy that's uh, he's a he's, he's a does a, has a chauffeur service or a, a driving service, and uh, uh, he uh, bought a Genesis and he loves it and. Uh, 
it's uh, so I, I guess it's a. Uh, uh, I check consumer reports for uh, for uh, uh, evaluation. We could probably Google that, but I, from what I hear, it's, it's it's a pretty good deal. It's uh, you, you can save yourself a few thousand dollars off what a equivalent Lexus would cost. I didn't say electric car, but Lexus would cost. And but if you had a bad experience, uh, test drive anything before you buy it. You just don't want to ever sign on the dotted line until you've driven the car extensively. Yeah. Years ago, uh, when I was buying my kids a car, we test drove a Ford uh, uh, Tempo. Uh-huh. I don't know how many years ago it was. And when we pulled back into the dealership, the steering wheel came off. So <laughs> I, I, luckily, we were going slow, and you know, it just came to a stop. So the, so the salesman in that place said, oh, yeah, we could fix that. I said, well, you know what? You, I said, keep that car. I said, because I, I really don't want my kids driving a car with steering wheels and pop off. <laughs> I, Marty, I can relate to that. The exact same thing happened to me. And that's, uh, it's, it's quite a rush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why ever since, uh, I'd say 2000, I've been only buying Toyotas or Hondas. Well, you see, so you know, far, you, yeah. no trouble. Japanese cars, uh, you know, let's face it, you look at any uh, comparison and Japanese build good cars. Uh, But uh, a lot of people, it used to be they had a big quality lead. Now there's a lot of domestic cars uh, in Korea and other cars uh, around the world. Uh, Quality cars have come up so high. I mean, even the bad car today would would have been a good car 40 years ago. I mean, (laughs) quality's come way up. If the quality didn't come up, you'd be out of business today. So everything's relative, and there's still that relative difference between cars and consumer reports is our Bible. We check on it all the time. If Nancy and I are going to buy a toaster or TV set, we always go through consumer reports, and they're probably more thorough on cars than any other product. Yeah, well, look at they got rid of Pontiacs, they got rid of Oldsmobiles, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, it's, yeah. and those cars were around for a lot of years. I got rid of Pontiac too. I was a Pontiac dealer one time, so I know what you mean. Oh. In fact, matter of fact, when I bought the Toyota dealership in 1975, uh, I was so depressed because uh, car dealers make a lot of money on warranty repairs, and uh, it, at the Pontiac dealership, uh, we did made as much money on warranty repairs as we did on what we call customer labor. In other words, when your car's out of warranty, you have to get it fixed, you have to come in, but you pay for it. And that, typically that's where today dealers make all their money in the service department. Back then, you made as much money as in warranty. So I bought the, the Toyota dealership, and uh, after a few months, I'm looking at my financials, and I'm, nobody's coming in for warranty work. I said, this is terrible. You know, you sell these cars, and they never bring them back in for any repairs. How am I going to make a living? And uh, that right. was, <laughs> and uh, now it's, yeah. it's uh, yeah, they had to catch up. That happens for the Japanese and the Koreans. Really, they came in, they set a quality standard, and then General Motors and Ford, uh, Chrysler had to catch up, and the American uh, retail buying public is b- better for it. Yeah, now I don't know if you were ever familiar with uh, Dorschel. Uh Rick Dorschel in uh, Rochester, New York. He had a Toyota and Buick dealership in one building. No, I didn't know and that. He, and he told me, now he, he sold it, I guess, to somebody else by now. 
but uh, he's told me, he said, oh, I've got the same amount of mechanics, because I always was saying that Toyota was better than the Buick, and he said to me, uh, I've got the same amount of mechanics for both. He said, we get, we get you know, repairs in both. I said, yeah, well, yeah. I can only tell you personally, I've had very little problems with a Toyota. Oh, good. Good to hear. Marty, thanks very much for the call. All right. Have a good day, everybody. You too. You too, Marty. Hey, 77-960-9960. Ladies, uh, give us a call. $50 for the first two new lady callers. And uh, might I remind you that our uh, mystery shopper is a female. And uh, added to that list is Elise Roberts. And uh, she, she is the producer that runs the control room. So uh, get on board, help us out. Let's build this platform for ladies. Your questions, your opinion, everything counts. 877-960-9960. We're going to go to Henry, who's been holding from Jupiter. Good morning, Henry. Good morning. How's everybody? Great. Listen, real quick, just to follow up on Napleton. Uh, not, a, not a fan of Napleton at all. And... Uh, I went in there to look at a Genesis, and I was uh, talking to the salesman. He informed me they had a $9,000 premium on the Genesis uh, due to the inventory shortage. Hmm. Wow. That's like an average addendum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, and, and one other thing to uh, just ask Earl, I dropped something off at your uh, receptionist office or your receptionist desk during Christmas for the big dog rescue. Has anybody mentioned anything to you about somebody coming in and leaving something for you about Big Dog Rescue? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Still, uh, yeah, we I gave it. To, I, we got it over to Earl and Big, and Big Dog Ranch Rescue. So, Earl, Earl is uh, during COVID has been um, working remotely um, mostly. So I, I have to deliver all gifts and packages to him. <laughs> Usually this morning, but right. Well, uh, you know, listen. I really appreciate what you guys do, and I'm a fan of the the four legged uh, friends. So uh, I like to do it anonymously, and uh, I just bring it in once a year. So appreciate it, Henry. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Henry. I, I, and I'm glad you brought the subject up. It gives us a, an excuse to talk about Big Dog Ranch Rescue. We've got a uh, if you're if you're not familiar with it, uh, they're probably the one of the leading uh, no kill shelters in the country, certainly in Florida. And uh, uh, Lori Simmons is the founder and the chief executive officer of Big Dog Ranch Rescue. They're out in uh, Loxahatchee. And a uh, huge, huge, beautiful facility. Uh, uh, they save hundreds of dogs uh, every month. And as I say, we, if we get a dog in, and uh, often we take them in from the kill shelters, we get them from Miami, we get them from out of state. Uh, believe it or not, we get them from China, uh, we get them from Puerto Rico. Uh, dogs come pouring in because there's a huge overpopulation problem. People don't take care of their pets and their strays, and uh, uh, these dogs are brought in to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. If you find a dog, if you know a dog that needs a home, Big Dog Ranch Rescue uh, will be able to find a home for them, and uh, we, as I say, we're big supporters for that. Uh, if you have a time to drive out to Okeechobee Boulevard, out west, west, way west to Loxahatchee, uh, and you can take a tour out there and see how the dogs are cared for. There's a, there's a, a clinic with veterinarians. Um, we have a, 
actually a uh, isolation area when we bring dogs in from out of the country or out of the state that they are kept under isolation and observed and tested uh, they get all their shots if they're if they're ill we take care of them uh, we have a maternity ward at Big Dog Ranch Rescue and the maternity ward actually pregnant dogs come in uh, they're in they have their own little room and and when they give birth to the puppies or we take the puppies we find homes for the puppies, and then we find, then we spay the mother, and then we find home for the mother. So uh, it, it's uh, it's an amazing place, and if you love animals, uh, and you and you want to do something, contribute to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Uh, that website is BDRR. Is in Big Dog Ranch Rescue. BDRR dot org. O R G. B D Big Dog R R Ranch Rescue. Dot org and make a contribution and uh, uh, let us know uh, if there's anything we can do to help you and if you have a dog that needs to find a home bring him out to Big Dog Ranch Rescue we turn no doggies away <laughs> I was waiting for that it's get, it gets better every week by the way what's, <laughs> am, what's amazing ladies and gentlemen is uh, uh, what a beautiful place it is and uh, Earl certainly did describe it perfectly and at this time of year it's cool out and it's a perfect place to go to take your kids and literally it's a spa out there and they have they have a pool for the dogs pool and a it, lake. It, it's it's just it's got everything but you can't imagine unless you go out and just take a look around and at the same time you may adopt a dog and you know um the ability that uh, uh Lori simmons has in big dog branch is to go out when there is a, a, a hurricane a flood and they go to all these different places, you know, everywhere. They go to the Jamaica. Uh, they could. They, they've gone to China, yeah. and it's just an incredible place. And I can't end this unless I say, buy Earl's book. Buy Earl's book. Not only is it a great investment, but you are helping out Big Dog Ranch because all proceeds go to Big Dog Ranch, and that book. You put it on a bookshelf, and you can just go to that. It's just, it's like owning the Encyclopedia Britannica. It's just got so much information in it, and uh, it will serve you well and your children. So take advantage. Confessions of a Recovering Cardioler is the name of the book, and you can buy it on Amazon. Confessions of a Recovering Cardioler. Absolutely. Okay. I just heard something really, really cool. That last year, Los Angeles became the largest no-kill city um, in the country. Really? That no shelter in Los Angeles is allowed to kill for space. They have a ninety percent save rate. The only mm-hmm. animals are euthanized are for health reasons. Wow! Isn't that great? Well, if I was Wonderful. a dog, I'd head for California. You hear that? Well, you need to communicate in <laughs> <and> barking. <laughs> that means get to Cat Los Angeles right now. You know, we're, we're lobbying, and uh, actually, Lori Simmons is lobbying right now in Tallahassee, we're always trying to get uh, this tor- type of law in Florida. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just a shame. Uh, uh, it just, uh, I mean, it's almost barbaric to think about it. I mean, Across the country, like only 70-something percent of yeah. dogs make it out of shelters alive. In L.A., before they did that, only 56 were making it yeah. out of life. Yeah. I wish they all I, I did not know that, Stu. That's a... <laughs> That's inter- interesting information, Stu. Yeah, but then again, I have to, I have to ask you: Did that have anything at all to do with the Super Bowl? Huh? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
no idea. <laughs> I hope not. That's a little joke. Okay, right, folks, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And gosh almighty, we do have a great mystery shopping report coming up from no other than Napleton Chrysler's Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram of Claremont. 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 So now we're going to go to Rick, who's been holding, and he's got some YouTubes to share with you. Well, we've got one here from our buddy Donovan. Oh, uh, hi, Donovan. Donovan is very knowledgeable about Teslas, it seems. He says, uh, last week you had a caller about an EV and a hybrid car. Earl gave some really good information, but did make one minor mistake. He talked about a trip from Jupiter to Hendersonville, North Carolina, and said you're really going to have to stop it uh, to stop for it to take eight to ten hours to charge the EV. He says it really doesn't take that long to charge when on a road trip. To do that exact trip, Earl mentioned it would require just three supercharger stops in his Tesla for just 68 minutes of total charging. He would have to stop in St. Augustine for 26 minutes, Savannah, Georgia for 14 minutes, and Orangeburg, North Carolina for 28 minutes total. Yeah, well, you know the and neat thing. Well, make, make that trip. The neat thing in the with the Tesla is like Donovan didn't have to calculate that. It works with the navigation. So anytime you mm -hmm. take a trip, you include supercharges and it tells you exactly when you have to stop for how long. Um, it does add, like I plant, plotted it out, I considered taking up to New York uh, to, to move my son in, and uh, it would have added a couple hours, I think a few hours to the to the trip, a much longer distance than South Carolina. Mm -hmm. But it, the, the point is, it is still pretty neat that it plans it out. It requires a little bit more thinking and, uh, and strategizing, but you can do it. It's just not as convenient at this time as a gas car. But, but even get so, a 15 yeah. to 20 minute break is, is nice. It's good. It's for something you. you need to do to get out and walk around and get get the blood flowing again. Absolutely, I mean, that's, very uh, ad very advisable. Yeah. yeah, most definitely. All right, thanks, Donovan. Hey, we have some anonymous feedback. Uh, I think this one I skipped from last week. I, I'm playing catch up. It says, and this is uh, to Earl. It says, with regard to your video on excessive dealer markup, the bottom line is, if a customer is willing to pay more than MSRP for a vehicle, why should a car dealer sell for MSRP or less? In any negotiation, it takes agreement from both parties. No one can force a car buyer to pay car dealer market adjustments. Just uh, no one can, just as no one can force a car dealer to sell for less than MSRP. The way to stop this car dealer madness is for car buyers to collectively refuse to pay the adjustments. Which is another way of saying it will never stop the madness. <laughs> well, you know that's a very intelligent uh, comment and uh, anonymous feedback. I, I, I don't disagree with it. I. I have uh, I have mixed emotions with uh, with uh, what's happening. I, I, uh, if you have you're, if you're in America and you're a capitalist and you're a businessman and you have a product, you sell that product based on supply and demand. That's the basic 101 rule of economics. So uh, you have to ask yourself, I think, as a businessman, uh, are you in business for the long run? Uh, or for the short run, or the medium run, or whatever it is. Meaning, there's a lot of competition out there among car dealers. So if I'm a Chevrolet dealer, and uh, I am selling my Chevrolets at an average of $5,000 over sticker price, and they may be, I mean, when you factor in the Corvette, God knows how much over sticker they're getting for Corvettes. 
So let's say you're selling $5,000 plus MSRP on your Chevrolet. Now you got a competitor down the road that's selling him an MSRP. Uh, you're making a whole lot more money than he is, but the, the customer that bought from him, who bought the car for $5,000 less, uh, yeah, he's going to tell his friends and neighbors and family about it. I uh, might even tell the press about it. You know, Wall Street Journal article that Nancy referred to earlier in the show. A lot of people are talking now about uh, taking advantage. So, it's legal to charge as much as you want over MSRP. Arguably, uh, the ethics are, are arguable. I, 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 I take an ethical approach to it, but uh, I might be wrong. Uh, I believe in capitalism and free enterprise and supply and demand. So, if time will tell, you know, five years from now, when we have more cars to sell than we know what to do with, and that's the way it always is. I've been doing this for over 50 years. The manufacturers love to build cars. Once we got plenty of microchips and all the other parts we need, the manufacturers are gonna be out there cranking the cars out as fast as they can. And they will be, in the term we call, we, we dealers, when we get together and talk, they will shove those cars down our throats and they will threaten you and intimidate you and tell you you need to take more cars, more cars. And that's what happens when the prices precipitously drop. So this, uh, this situation of selling cars at very, very high prices is, is short term. And what's going to happen? Will, will the dealers that treated the customers right be remembered uh, a year from now? Maybe not. Maybe they will. We're betting that they will be, that they will remember. And uh, so, uh, but I, that's a good, that's a good post. I don't, I can't look any dealer in the eye and say you're a thief because you're charging $5,000 over a sticker. The worst thing I would say to him is in my opinion, you're a bad businessman because you are hurting your long-term prospects for success. That's my opinion. And maybe I'm wrong. All right. Okay, um, we're going to go back to the phones, um, and then we're going to, I believe that Rick, you told me you had a YouTube. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to Frank. He's been holding for a while, and uh, he's calling us from Jupiter Farms. Frank's a regular caller. Good morning, Frank. And hang on, Larry. Good hey, morning, Frank. Good, good morning to you all. Yes, yes, ma'am. Well, as you said, things happen each week, and this last week, um, my girlfriend, Amory, has a Lexus RX-28 or RX-350 in 2008. And as she was coming home, she heard some noise from the brakes. And so I'm listening and driving. There is some noise. And I said, well, it seems like it needed adjustment. We'll see if Rick remembers or if this is still valid today. In the old days, we just back the car up and apply the brakes a little harder for self-adjusting. I didn't know that was going to happen still with her car. And actually, it seems to work a little bit. But there was a lot of black brake dust on the right rear wheel. Um, and as it turns out, it, it um, appears that it was a rotor that went and a new, new rotors, new, new calipers, new brakes, and everything else. So, um, but does that self-adjusting still work on cars? Because people don't really back up very much anymore. <laughs> well, self-adjusting... Uh, disc brakes are inherently self-adjusting by their design. They automatically adjust. What you're speaking of is drum brakes, which is the older technology. And yeah, technically, when you would put the car in reverse 
every time you would step on the brake, then go forwards and then backwards and step on the brake, it would adjust up just a little bit if the system were working with perfection. And that worked pretty well, but not as well as they expected. So yeah, every once in a while you would have to adjust those rear brakes on the drum. But drum brakes have gone away now, and I think the only vehicle left that Toyota makes with a drum brake is the Tacoma pickup. Everything else has disc brakes all the way around. So when you say drum brakes have gone away, you don't mean on all cars? You no, there's, there's still a few out there. Yeah. Uh, but even so, adjusting them really isn't even all that big an issue. It's not like it's even really needed very often because they, they do adjust themselves up a little bit as you're driving. But disc brakes, if you've got a noise, yeah, you want to have that checked by a mechanic because that small noise can very quickly become a big expense as it starts to cut into the rotors if there's a problem with the pad or something and it starts to damage that the brake rotor if it's only got just a couple little marks that can sometimes be ground out with a resurfacing machine but once they get big that rotor's got to be replaced okay well that's good news but now that you mentioned my drum brakes it all comes back this goes back many, many years. Um, I have a few more quick little points. Um, thank you for about the uh, breaks. Um, many years ago, uh, maybe five years ago, I test drove a Genesis up in Orlando. Oh my goodness. I know what that guy says. I came back in the test drive. Things were actually falling off of the car and inside the car after about a 10 minute test drive. And they said, well, we'll take care of it before you buy it. And I, I said, please walk away. But, um, on the earlier part of your show, when you talked about what speed to hit a deer, it made me think about deers and the other things you can hit on the highways. Down here, there aren't that many deer to hit, like you said. We actually, back in my airline days, uh, we had to take a jet around because we had a deer on the runway at Wally Durham one night. Um, the other things that can get on the road down here and also with airplanes, I was in San Juan, we had to go around one time because there was an alligator on the runway. Yep. And um, down here, you can the alligators, but also some wild hogs down here, like an Indian town or a Kachodi. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, something else to think about. And then while we're talking about the deer, of course, you know, I like my jokes. Out here by River Bend, I saw a deer that didn't have any eyes. You know what you call that deer? I have, uh, I have no idea. Very good. Oh, you guys are so smart. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> I love this. You see, this is what's great about this, this show. You know everything. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, by the way, um, the, um, thank you to um, Stu. I got my um, cat yesterday. I just got your picture, Frank. Yeah, I like your cat. All right. Um, let me call you back on the I got something to wait for. I'll be here about real quick. Is that okay? All right, Frank. I need to see a picture of you there, though. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Okay, we're going to go to Larry, who's uh, calling from also from Jupiter Farms. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Welcome. I have a question. I have a question for Earl. If GM and Ford are going to penalize the dealers for selling way over sticker and allocate the cars to other dealers, would Toyota do that? With would their dealers? I, I don't think will end up getting more cars seeing he sells that sticker. I don't think so, Larry, and uh, here's why. As a matter of fact, 
I think that uh, you know, I, I salute Jim Farley, especially uh, you know uh, we, uh, Nancy and Stu and I know him personally when he used to be head of Scion for Toyota, and uh, the guys he's a good man and uh, he hates uh, uh, dealers that take advantage of the customers. He sees that as bad both for Ford and for the Ford dealer. So I salute what he's saying, but the fact of the matter is his hands are tied. He cannot tell a dealer what to sell a car for. He can, you can call that moral suasion, you know, you could call that uh, jawboning. Uh, it's kind of like sometimes the politicians do. Uh, you, but you don't have any, you don't have any authority. The state franchise laws protect dealers. The car dealers in all 50 states are protected. Uh, they're independent businessmen. And the reason they call the sticker price uh, minority label MSRP, it's the manufacturer's suggested, underlying suggested retail price. That means that the dealer can legally sell that car for anything he wants. Now, the dealer is also protected in the fact that the manufacturer must give him a fair supply of cars. Uh, the franchise law tells Ford, listen, if you hold back cars from a Ford dealer and you give them to another Ford dealer, uh, instead, uh, you can get in serious trouble, the dealer can sue you for damages, and they have. They have to fairly allocate the production of their cars. So Jim Farley, God bless him, uh, is trying to get the dealers to pull themselves together, cut the prices some, don't take advantage of the Ford customers, and, I'm, and Mary Barra from General Motors is probably doing the same thing. But legally, they don't have a leg to stand on, and the car dealers know this. They have the legal right to sell you a car with an MSRP of $50,000. If they can find something that will pay a million dollars for that car, it's perfectly legal. Okay. And one other thing I'd like to mention, back in 2013, I bought a Hyundai Tucson on North Lake Boulevard. And even back then, they had an addendum sticker of $3,600 over yeah. list price. Yeah. But they weren't selling that many cars. And I walked out of there $3,000 under sticker. Yeah. Yeah, they do that. All See, back in the day when there was plenty of cars, uh, they still had the addendum stickers. But the purpose of the addendum sticker back then was to trick you. So with a denim sticker, if you got an extra $3,000 profit to play with, uh, every now and then you get lucky and somebody stupid enough comes in and pays it uh, because they weren't smart enough to shop around and find out there's another dealer that would cut the price considerably. So every now and then they get a sucker and they sell it for $3,000 over a sticker back when there was plenty of supply. But even if they don't, they trick you because they say, giving you more money for your trade-in. Uh, they have the extra $3,000 to play with. They could give you an extra $3,000 for your trade-in and still sell you the new car or arithmetically for full sticker. So, uh, and if you're one of these people that your hot button is a big discount, they give you a $3,000 discount right away because they're still selling you the car for sticker. So it's only been during the pandemic that the markups really happen. In a way, it's almost better I mean, the deception isn't there. You come into a car dealership, the salesman gets in your face and say, listen, you know about the microchip shortage. That car you're looking at is the only car we have. 
in stock, and we won't see another one for three months. If you want to, if you want to buy that car, this is the price. And if you don't want to pay that price, you see that guy that just pulled into the parking lot? He's going to come in here right behind you, and he's going to buy the car. And they're not lying to you. So, uh, uh, in a way, in a, in, a, in a very perverted way, more honest than ever. The car dealers are more honest today than they ever been. They're screwing you, but they're looking you in the eye and admitting it. Well, I know I'll be in the market for a new car shortly, but uh, when the prices come down, I'm coming to your dealership. Well, thank you, Larry. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, so you have a good weekend. You too, my friend. Thank you, Larry. Give us a call again, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, yes, Oh, I just, I just something uh, I wanted to bring up. Uh, you go ahead. There was an anonymous feedback that I th- it might have happened when I was uh, not on the show, but did you remember somebody bringing up about a proposal in Tallahassee, a state senator and a uh, and another a state re- representative have introduced bills that would change the language in the law that requires car dealers to transfer title, put title in the customer's name within 30 days, uh, mm-hmm. to to from must to should, which theoretically gives the car dealers unlimited time to uh, get the title transferred. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do remember. Uh, we, I, I don't think we got to that one, but uh, interestingly enough, uh, uh, this is being lobbied now. I happen to have talked with uh, Ted Smith, who was the president of the Florida Automobile Dealers Association, and uh, he asked me, uh, Earl, in your dealership, uh, how many cars do you have uh, that have been delivered that do not have uh, registration and, 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 and permanent tags? And I checked with our, our, uh, you know, I checked with Billy Jean in the office, and we had, uh, it wasn't up to date. She said we had 20, and then, uh, and then uh, about an hour later, uh, she called me back and said, "I want to modify that." Uh, we and it had been reduced, and I think it was like a handful, two or three, something like that. So the fact is that the uh, law in Florida that says you have to have a uh, tag and registration within 30 days is pretty tight, and the reason it's tight is because of the inefficiency of the state government, the Department of Motor Vehicles, and also the state government and other states because, you know, we have a lot of, uh, we call them snowbirds in Florida, people from Massachusetts come in here and buy a car and they want a title and register the car in uh, Massachusetts, and we have to communicate with Massachusetts to work it out. We put a temporary tag on the car, and Massachusetts doesn't do their job, or Florida doesn't do their job, and it takes longer than 30 days. I'm going to pull a number out of the air. For 10% of the transactions, and, and, and you the, can't do it in 30 days. You hit the nail on the head, and, and most of them are with complications like a, an out-of-state uh, yeah, state title or something. Exactly, yeah. Or you don't get information from the customer. You know, if the customer comes in and buys a car, and they don't have a piece of paper that we need in the title department to process the paperwork. So it's just human error, and it's crazy. Uh, this all came from the fact that Carvana got in big trouble. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, and I think what happened, my feeling is, the car dealers, the new car dealers, were attacking Carvana because Car- Carvana is competing with them to buy used cars, and they're doing quite a job of it, I might add. So they're they're, and, they're going slow on the titles. Yeah, and they were slow on the titles, hmm. and so they went to the Department of Motor Vehicles, and the motor vehicles uh, froze them, said they can't sell cars in Florida anymore. Right. 
and uh, and how they, they just changed that. They had to the end of Jan. Do you know if they cleaned it up or not? They, they cleaned it up. Yeah, they're back. They they just recently uh, okayed it for Carvana to sell cars. So deadlines are are wonderful things. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, aren't they? It's just amazing. Uh, folks, we hope that you've enjoyed the uh, show uh, up until now. We're, we have a whole lot more to get to, and uh, it's always about you and giving you the right information and guiding you uh, on the right road. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, also, you know, with talking about inflation and... Uh, everything, you know, uh, rising, uh, I just hate that word lately, but, uh, you know, if Alan was here, he'd be talking about uh, car insurance. I'm going to tell you what, he couldn't stress enough that you should check your premium because uh, it's going to be a surprise to everybody because these uh, car insurance uh, companies, they're rushing to raise rates. And uh, it's all because of inflation. Rick? Actually, that fits right in with the uh, question here from Negan1. He says, I wanted to ask about Geico Mechanical Breakdown Insurance. I just heard about it, and it seems better than a manufacturer extended warranty. Do you know about this? It covers more items than extended warranty, uh, not normal wear or corrosion. And you can have car repairs done wherever you like. It seems like it has really good reviews. Hmm. I'm going to check it out. I'm, I'm not familiar with it. And uh, I will say this, that uh, Geico is an honest company, uh, but they're like any other company. They're going to charge as much as they can. Hmm. And that's capitalism and the supply and demand. So uh, we'll check it out. Uh, I have a basic philosophy about insurance, and the philosophy is uh, you shouldn't buy insurance if you can afford to take care of the thing you're insuring yourself, what you should do, and I think, you know, this is a Scotsman in me, you put away a little money every month. If you buy a car and you, instead of buying that mechanical breakdown insurance, first of all, buy a good car, check at some reports, one that has a very low instance of repair cost, and then, uh, if you really want to be careful, uh, put a hundred bucks a, a, a month in the bank or in the stock market or bond market or whatever you want to do, and have a little kitty here, uh, and uh, at the end of the time you're driving that car, maybe five years, uh, if you don't have any mechanical repairs, take all that money you put aside and, you know, take a vacation. Hmm. And uh, if you have an accident, you have a problem, a repair you need, then you draw on that fund. When you're paying the insurance company, you know, that's, uh, that's their profit. They make a lot of money. That's the reason Warren Buffett is the second or third richest man <laughs> in the world. It's that's because right. his, big, his biggest source of income is insurance companies. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of insurance companies, uh, check your premiums, folks, uh, because, uh, as you well know, uh, these, ins these car insurers have uh, come down off of a, a time whenever the people were off the road because of COVID, and they lost they lost some money, believe it or not. Uh, and uh, those premiums, like I said, it, it could be inflation uh, it, 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 because of a supply chain interruption, uh, labor shortages. The laundry list is long. Check those premiums; it'll be well worth your while. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. And we are going to go to Stu. He okay. has some texts over there. Yep. Uh, we have one from Jonathan in Wellington. He says, uh, uh, where are these electric charging stations and how many posts are available at each stop? 
how long does the person need to wait to get to the charging post, do the lines, et cetera, and how much does it cost to charge uh, from a trip from Florida to North Carolina? Uh, real quick, I just uh, Tesla has a trip planner, and I went online and did it, so I just plotted the trip um, on a Model 3. That's uh, the most commonly sold one now. From West Palm Beach to Charlotte, North Carolina, and there are one, two, three, four stops. Um, Titusville, Florida for 35 minutes. Yulee, Florida for 25 minutes. Hardyville, South Carolina for 35 and Columbia set for 15. So these, there's these short top, four short stops. And it doesn't give the total price because it, it, it based on which um, the current kilowatt hour charge, the per kilowatt hour charges, but it does estimate the gas savings from that trip. And a Model of 3, you would save um, about $16 off an average um, and, and gas savings on that trip. Um, then the other question is, how many well there's there are four stops on this trip it depends on the station i, I was at a wawa station had 12 charging stations so typically i've i'm seeing some for six to 12 and it wasn't filled up rick's got a question uh actually donovan had come in with one that fits right in again with us uh he says the biden administration announced this week that part of the infrastructure bill they're spending over five billion dollars over the next few years on ev charging and the plan is to have a minimum of four stall high-speed chargers every 50 miles along every highway in the U.S. It's a huge step forward because it actually picks a standard for all the chargers going forward and everyone will have to use the same connector. Mm -hmm. It also requires simple payments and charging networks who take this money have to be open to all cars. That's great. Um, just, I mean, I don't know if um, I'm trying to judge Earl's body language to see if he's getting <laughs> done with the electrics. But we had a visit from Toyota uh, that came out this week on, on Wednesday, and I met the Toyota reps uh, in charge of their electric vehicle planning, and they came to survey our property, and they're surveying all the other dealers out there to get them ready for the charging stations. And we already set up with, uh, with uh, four charging stations right now. Fortunately, the brand we chose is the one that Toyota is backing, so we're, we got the right ones. And we're, but we're putting in a DC charger, and this is kind of neat. Um, the regular chargers are just the regular, they're higher amps than, or higher current than, than the home chargers, mm -hmm. but the DC charger is a fast charger. It's just as fast as a supercharger. And I learned something about the, not, I'm not making a Toyota commercial, but I was really disappointed that the new Toyota EV was going to be as, as slow as it was. But I've also found it's the fastest charging in, in the industry. How much, DC do we, how, how much do we charge for someone to charge their car? Right now, we're not charging anything at all. Um, as this grows, that it will just be to recoup the what, kilowatt hours that we. What do we pay? We pay on average about twelve kilowatt hours uh, per hour. So uh, translate that into a Tesla that needs a full charge. A full charge would cost you about seven bucks. Seven bucks. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cost you cost you ninety bucks for a tank of gas, right? Well, uh, in the sixties, seventies, yeah. it depends yeah, on the gas tank size. Yeah. Usually costs me about sixty-five dollars. Yeah. One, one thing again, I, I know I sound like a Tesla commercial, but I can't help it. Uh, driving my Tesla. When I when my Tesla gets down below a certain charge level, it pops up on the screen where the chargers are. Exactly. And tells me. It also tells me uh, which are the fast chargers and which are not. And it tells me which chargers are not being used. used right. I mean it's absolutely man. It it's far you know, everybody is uh is anguishing over yeah. charging uh, electric cars. Like a lot of smart people. It's a <laughs> lot <laughs> It's a lot more more difficult when you're traveling to find a gas station, and and at the you know at, a, at the right price, at the right location, uh, it isn't busy, and da 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 da. 
Uh, if you drive in, and I can only speak for Tesla, but that's become a generic term for electric car because nobody else is competing with Tesla now. And when people say electric car, they automatically buy a Tesla. So uh, what we're what we're saying with Tesla, and Stu drives one, and I drive one. Uh, I am far in terms of uh, uh, gasoline anxiety and uh, running out of fuel. I have none in my Cause, Tesla. Because you have a gas station at your house. Well, no, well yeah, <laughs> I, have nice. ga- I have a gas station. A, a, I, I a have a charger at my house. And when I'm traveling, uh, even if I'm dumb enough not to have a big enough charge, suddenly the light says to me, Earl, uh, you know, uh, three blocks up and to the right, there's a, a fast charger available and no one's waiting. Mm-hmm. Or there is someone waiting, so you have to go another uh, uh, 10 miles yep. to there. And so also, I believe that Rivian and... Um, uh, what was the other one? Lucid. Yeah, Lucid. Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, have similar things. And even if you don't have a, a Tesla, even uh, for all electric cars, like the chargers that we have, the charge point, it's an app. And so anytime yeah. you need a charger, there's a map. And te- the same thing Tesla yeah. does. It just doesn't do it automatically. We've all, when we drove our gasoline cars, we've all had that time somewhere, usually traveling on vacation. You're in another state. I'm here somewhere. And you find yourself on a road with no damn gas stations. And you look at your needle, and you're stupid enough, and now you're on low fuel warning. That's a terrible feeling. It can't happen in an electric car. The car won't let you do that. The car will tell you, you only got this much electricity left. Here's where you should go. Here's where you have to wait. Here's where you don't have to wait. Here's where you get a fast charge. Here's where you get a slow charge. I mean, uh, forget about it. If you're if you want to buy an electric car, buy one. Uh, I I am so happy. Every time I go by a gas station, I kind of wave at them. I was waiting for you to mention that. Him, I saw you give him the finger every time you go past the gas <laughs> station. Thanks, Stu. <laughs> uh, a toast. A toast to electric cars. Yeah. Uh, folks, uh, I didn't mention this website uh, earlier, but it's very important. www.floridalawprotectingcarbuyers.com Jot that down. Take advantage of it. And uh, it's a Florida statue. And uh, you can you can go to Earl on Cars and you can look uh, for the article that he or the column uh, that he wrote uh, a couple of weeks ago, I believe, maybe a month of how to know if a Florida car if a Florida car dealer is breaking the law. So www.floridalawprotectingcarbuyers.com. Our number is eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. And I think I mentioned uh, Earl's Vigilantes earlier. Uh, anybody confirm that? Nope? Okay. We're going to mention Earl's Vigilantes, and uh, you can go to Earl on Cars and check it out and sign up. And he's got a great hat that uh, Sue designed. And here he is. He's got that hat on. And you can, uh, you can wear that free hat by helping us out and uh, helping out uh, the people in your community. You don't have to have. You don't have to be able to change an engine. You know, uh, Rick takes care of that. Uh, but you can help out the community, and you can help us spread the word, and uh, sign yourself up. Earlsvigilantes.com. Okay, I think I have a text here. Um, it's from Rich and Hope Sound, and this sounds like a Rick question. It says, "Could you address the issue with not being able to get the wheels off on the Tacoma?" Mm. Dissimilar metal corrosion. Uh, this happens on a lot of vehicles, but especially on a lot of the larger trucks where they're going to the uh, aluminum alloy wheels, 
and aftermarket wheels tend to do this a little more. Their their metal composition is slightly different. Uh, the center hub that the wheel mounts on is made of a, a high-grade steel, and the aluminum wheel will quite often get a lay, line of corrosion between the wheel and that hub. So when you take the lug nuts off, that wheel doesn't move. They lock on there solid. What we normally wind up doing at the shop, we've got the car up in the air on a lift, we've pulled lug nuts, we'll put one lug nut back on just loose so, it'll, so the wheel doesn't fly off. And we actually have to use a, what's known as a plastic dead blow hammer that has uh, weights inside so it, it gets a good solid hit. And you actually have to pound on the wheel to get it to come loose, to break that corrosion. And then we'll clean it up a little bit, put a little lube on there, and hopefully it doesn't occur again. But that can occur on a lot of different cars with alloy wheels. You'll get that little bit of corrosion in there, especially if you live near salt water. That's amazing. That's an inside look at Rick's world. <clears throat> Detailed. That's right. Interesting. So we're all caught up. That's the, that was the last text message we have. So let me, let me uh, plug uh, the blog here for a second. Every now and then I do a blog that I really like, that I think is important. And uh, this this blog is entitled, it's on EarlOnCars.com. You can access it, EarlOnCars.com. And uh, the title is, A Dealer Won't Repair Your Car Under Warranty. What actions you should take with a dealer or manufacturer? The dealer won't repair your car under warranty. They say, sorry, we can't help you. What action can you take with that dealer or the manufacturer? Uh, that was prompted from a, a call. I get a lot of calls, as you probably know. And uh, a, a, a man called me about a Honda issue. And uh, it was a, it, had to, it had to do with a... a, a portion of the condo that was out of warranty, uh, technically it was out of warranty. And uh, you see that a lot. Uh, most warranties are only three years, 36,000. Hyundai and Kia and some other cars have longer warranties, bumper to bumper, I mean. Now, when you're talking, when you're talking warranties, uh, they, uh, the, the good warranty is the bumper to bumper. But the bumper to bumper isn't really a bumper to bumper. Uh, because when people say bumper to bumper, you think, hey, that covers everything on the car. It doesn't. Uh, there's a lot of fine print, but it's pretty good. Bumper to bumper is pretty good. The tires aren't covered, for example. The tire manufacturer covers the tires. That's another story. So, your auto warranty, and the, man, and the dealer tells you that, uh, then here's what you need to do. First of all, it might be the dealer. The dealer maybe didn't go all the way for you in terms of representing you to try to get you some help. If you have a car that's within a few thousand miles or a few months of warranty, almost always you should be able to get that taken care of. And they put it under a different accounting column. They call it goodwill. Uh, it's not warranty, but they still pay for it and they call it goodwill. Remember that goodwill when you're negotiating to try to get something fixed under warranty. You'll also find that certain dealers can do better for you than other dealers. Uh, this shouldn't come as a shock to you, but how dealers sometimes take advantage of customers, some dealers also take advantage of their manufacturer. And one way they take advantage of their manufacturer is to uh, charge him, the manufacturer, for warranty repairs that aren't really warranty. Uh, 
Uh, there's a, this happens all the time. The manufacturers go into dealerships frequently and they do, it's like an IRS audit. They go in, everybody gets them a panic, they get the books out, uh, they, they get the signatures out, they check the signatures, uh, they talk to customers, did they do this, what did they do, and then dealers typically get charged back. And then they walk away with a ton of money. <laughs> yeah, thousands and thousands of dollars. Tens of thousands. And, uh, and then they have dealers that don't do that. Some dealers dot their I's, cross their T's, are careful, they're honest, they're transparent. We got it. So if you can find a dealer like that, uh, and sometimes you have to shop around, uh, they will be able to go to the manufacturer on your behalf and get the car taken care of under goodwill. So don't take no, the first no for an answer. The dealer tells you no, uh, you can check with the manufacturer or you can check with another dealer. Uh, look in your Google reviews, uh, uh, talk to friends and neighbors. Uh, uh, sometimes you can even get an inside tip from the manufacturer. They might say, uh, well, you're ha if you're having a problem with this uh, Chevrolet dealer, uh, go to that Chevrolet dealer, but don't tell them I said so. I mean, that, that's the kind of thing that does happen, too. So uh, don't take no for an answer. And the other thing I say in the blog basically is this. Don't get, don't get tough and nasty and in your face. Everybody is more inclined to try to help somebody when they are asking in a respectful, courteous manner. So find the top guy you can in the dealership, service manager or general manager, and talk to him respectfully and ask for their help. And uh, if he's got a good reputation with a manufacturer, he'll probably get you some help as long as you're not too, too, too far out of warranty. And uh, one of the biggest problems we see is paint warranties. These paint warranties are very difficult and uh, they got a million loopholes and excuses. But uh, again, paint warranty or any other warranty, you can often get take, taken care of. You just have to be take some time and, and, uh, and get the right dealer. Polite persistence. Yeah, light persistence, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, right. think I, I could write a, a, a book. Yeah, I think you wrote a blog on, on, the, on the appropriate way to complain at a car dealership. I did, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think a good. I have some ideas I, I want to contribute to a. a well, we'll, we'll do a rerun on that and modify it. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, here, here's one other thing I left out. This is uh, a secret. I'm going to let this out to my competition out there and all the other car dealers. If if a customer comes to me and says, "Listen, um, I'm out of warranty, uh, but uh, you know the car broke, and they didn't intend it to break only." maybe only a year. I mean, this is where you really get out of worry. And it's 10,000 miles out, it's two years out or something like that. Uh, those are the tough ones to get the manufacturer to go along with. So here's my secret. I tell the manufacturer, listen, help my customer out. Uh, here's what I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna have Rick Kearney uh, fix the car. Uh, and uh, I, uh, I, I am only going to charge you what I pay Rick Kearney. I'm not gonna charge you uh, the markup that I normally do, because we mark up labor to the manufacturer. So I say to the manufacturer, uh, Rick Kearney, he's gonna get his full pay because he's gotta do the work. And I'm gonna get nothing, I'm gonna make no profit. And then my parts that I buy from you, I'm going to only charge you, meaning the manufacturer, Toyota in my case, what I paid for the part. Because under the law, I can mark it up 40% to 
to the manufacturer. So I could, I could mark up Rick's labor to the manufacturer. I could mark up the part to the manufacturer. I say, I'm going to make zero. Will you warranty it now? Now, what that does two things. First of all, it cuts the cost to the manufacturer considerably. It also lets him know that my heart's in the right place. I'm really trying to help the customer, and I'm willing to do the work at no profit to me. That's putting your money where your mouth is. And I have never been turned down on that, that I can recall. No profit to me. I don't think that's heard very no. often. Earl, I have a question for you. The relationship between the manufacturer and the dealer, has it always been, shall we say, less than stellar? Yeah, not uh, blanket, not speaking blanketly. I, uh, uh, it, back uh, 50 years ago or 40 years ago, it was terrible. I mean, it was really terrible. So I have to say that the relationship between dealers and manufacturers has improved considerably. But there's still a lot of tension there, largely because the state franchise laws and the helplessness of the manufacturers in dealing with their, you know, a McDonald's franchise is one thing. You know, the McDonald's can tell a franchisee, do this, do this, do this. Car manufacturer cannot tell a car franchisee what to do because he has to check the state law. In Arizona, they got their law. In Florida, they got their law. And they all protect the dealer. They, they can bribe you and they can persuade yeah. you. Exactly. This is true. Uh, Earl's column, his blog, um, it's a great read. And uh, the dealer won't repair. It, the dealer won't repair your car under warranty. Uh, take a look. Uh, it's in. It appears in the uh, hometown news, and in the uh, Florida Weekly. Or you can go to Earl on Cars, and you can pull it up. Uh, just like all of his other uh, columns, there. It's uh, very interesting. Very uh, a lot of a lot of knowledge there. Uh, we have uh, some text, Stu. Currently, we are caught up. And Rick got one here from uh, John Strine. He says. I signed up to be a vigilante a long time ago and have never got a referral to help someone f to get a fair deal. I don't think people know about this service. In my retirement community, so many widows should have an advocate when buying or leasing a car. How can we increase the exposure of this program? Well, you just did it. I mean, yes, uh, thank you very much. Well, we're on a radio show. But thousands of listeners every yeah. every week. Um, Earlsvigilantes.com, right? www.earlsvigilantes.com, but also, mm. I'm mainly talking about, we, uh, Nancy, uh, we talk about every week, we need to brainstorm, other than on the radio show, what else we could do. I mean, we do authorize all of our vigilantes to do independent promotion as far as just letting people know if they want to go on their social media pages, or even at a retirement community, if you have permission to put something on the calendar or there's a bulletin board, um, for car advice, I'd recommend doing something along those lines right. and try to get word of mouth spread. I mean, just old fashioned word of mouth. Talk to friends and family members. And because we find that out a lot when just doing the business in the car business, we find that we get referrals all the time. Somebody buys a car, uh, typically we'll ask if they know anybody else who wants to buy a car. And, you know, a good percentage of the time they do. And so speak to your friends and family members about the vigilante program and the word starts spreading more people will, will reach out for it to avail themselves yeah as, as I say every week you know we need uh, volunteers uh, not only uh, for you to uh, help out the people in your community and uh, this is our way of spreading the word as Stu said right here on the uh, radio 
uh, but we also need volunteers to uh, help seniors maneuver their way through the uh, internet. Uh, as you well know, you know that's being uh, used a whole lot more today uh, due to the uh, climate that we're living in, and uh, it's real important. You go to Earl on Cars, mm -hmm. and you can get all that information about Earl's vigilantes and uh, also helping sen seniors maneuver their way you know, around the internet. So you can take advantage of that. Win yourself a free hat. That's right. Um, we have a text came in for Rick. It says, I have a 20-year-old BMW, and the check engine light went on. Took it to my mechanic, and he says, it's a throttle control, but don't worry about it. If I do nothing, can I be causing any problems? Mm, unfortunately, I don't know very much on the BMWs, except the BMW junkyard. Uh, it would scare me to think that it was, it was I, a, uh, I wouldn't worry about a yeah. throttle control. I, I'd I get mean, a second opinion on another BMW. I'm another, yeah. <laughs> yes, generally, because like I, and I know less than anybody in this room about cars, but I know one thing is when the check engine light comes on, don't ignore it. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, take it to another BMW uh, mechanic or a dealer. Um, well, if somebody, go, somebody Google that and let's say BMW uh, throttle control issue and see what that says. I, you know, I... Uh, uh, when you're talking throttle, you're talking acceleration, you're talking about speed, uh, and you're talking about lack of control. And safety. Uh, I would basically want to at least have that checked out. You know, here's a, uh, there's an interesting article in uh, this week's Automotive News, and Nancy and I were uh, chit-chatting about that on the way to the studio. Uh, this is a trade journal, Automotive News, for every car dealer and every manufacturer in the world reads this. And uh, you get some good inside stuff in there. There's some legislation going on right now, uh, federal legislation, to open up the information resources of all manufacturers to independent repair shops. And uh, for a long time, there's been a lot of proprietary information. Uh, General Motors uh, hangs on to Toyota, Honda. You know, this is our information. This is our research. Uh, I'm not going to tell anybody else about it. Because, uh, the competition uh, will take advantage of, um, of what we've uh, done, and you know, there's a secrecy. So they're trying, they're trying to remove the secrecy yeah. and and ha open up. So if I have Charlie's Repair Shop, I will be able to access information on how to fix a new BMW. Uh, of course, you can't do it under warranty, but uh, you can fix a. Uh, you would have the information, and the conversation it's between me and Nancy coming in was. That's a good thing and a bad thing. If you got a good technician, he should have the information, but beware the guy that yeah. has the information, but he's not qualified or trained. This sounds like it's part of, there's a broader movement. It's called right to repair. Yeah. <coughs> it's mainly in tech. And That's exactly right. Yeah, about like Apple. So Apple... Yeah. All these independent repair shops spring up, but to get a quality repair, you have to go to Apple, and that's a movement. Yeah. And like I said, I have some mixed feelings about it. I mean, there is a buyer beware sort of thing, but um, mm. but I do support it uh, broadly. You you own the you own the car, and you own your phone. I think you should have the right to pick who. Uh, how you, if, if it's not fixed right, it's, it's your property. You yeah. want to ruin it? It's, the it's autom problem. automotive news talks about these uh, inadequate and outdated laws and regulations, and they just want to sh uh, change it. But like everything else, you know, you really have to be careful, you know, walking <laughs> on thin ice as far as that's concerned to get your car repaired. I'm sure that Rick would have a whole lot to say about this uh, uh, legislation and what they want to pass here. So, uh, folks, uh, 
we have uh, the lines closed phone lines closed and we are going to get our mystery shopping report and uh, that mystery shopping report is uh, as i said earlier from a napleton chrysler jeep dodge ram of claremont so your your uh, voting is very very important so do that at 772-497-6530 and speaking practically we have a relatively short mystery shopping report and uh we have uh, almost a full half hour left. So you folks that have not text, uh, you can't call because we shut down the phone lines or haven't used the, the anonymous feedback. If you text us at 772-497-6530, Stu will get to these texts after the mystery shopping report. Again, that text number is 772-497-6530. And, of course, anonymous feedback is just your, Y-O-U-R, anonymousfeedback.com. Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback.com. And then we'll get to those anonymous feedbacks and the text at the end of this mystery shopping report. So this is a mystery shopping report. Just read really slow. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This mystery shopping report is of Napleton, Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram of Claremont. Sounds familiar. That's because last week uh, we presented our investigation of Naples North Lake Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. I'm just going to leave it. Uh, why do they do that? Now they're called Stellantis, right? Oh, really? So, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no. The Chrysler is now Stellantis. Oh, yeah, it's owned by Stellantis. Uh, Stellantis. So, so this is uh, the marketing guy in charge of, of this outfit is is either drunk or mentally ill, and. Uh, <laughs> You, you don't change. Uh, who? Did it, how many out there, honestly? You can you can text us that knew that Chrysler Jeep Dodge Jeep blah 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 was now still in. You totally confused the buying public of the world. Are they going to rebrand their dealership Stellantis? And they don't sell Chryslers anymore, so they they still got that in there. And and all they sell is Jeeps. So I'm going to call this Jeep and Ram trucks. And, yeah, and Rams. Yeah. Anyway. It was a it was a really a doozy of a nightmare uh, of a report on on the uh, Jeep and uh, Napleton and the North Lake, and it was just a joke. So we decided, you know, uh, Agent Lightning went toe to toe with the sales manager. Knowing he went, didn't even give us his name last week, he said, "I'm the man behind the curtain," and that's the way we laughed, and it was funny to us, but probably not funny to your average customer. Uh, when they tried every which way to pressure Agent Lightning into paying thousands of dollars over MSRP. So we talked at length about Naples' uh, particular set of talents and how prepared they were for the crippling of the automobile, uh, of the global automotive uh, chain supply. I mean, it just completely topsy-turvy the car business, and I say this almost every week. I mean, I've been around for 50-plus years selling cars. I've been a car dealer for 50-plus years. I've never seen anything like what's happened to the car business today. It wasn't just Naples Jeep store that was getting addendum happy. We mystery shopped his Kia store in December and got the same treatment. Of course, we didn't expect anything less. Napleton is, uh, you know, uh, we, he's got a lot of dealerships, uh, 39. Uh, he's, he's right up there in the top 10, I think, in, in terms of, uh, uh, we think of him as the Florida stores, but 39 dealerships. His father, uh, Ed Napleton Sr. started uh, in the business in the early 30s, right, Stu? 1933. Uh, 33, yeah. 
Uh, so hey, excuse me for a moment. Uh, for our listeners, uh, Stu, where is Claremont? Claremont is just to the west of Orlando. It's central Florida. So it, it is in a big metro market, not as big as here. It's, but a, it's, it's a small town. Small town. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a suburb of Tampa, but it's really a small town. And uh, a typical northern Florida small town. So uh, I, you don't know what Naples is going to be like in a small town. We know what they're like in Sodom and Gomorrah, South Florida. So we chose Naples and Chrysler. Oh, I almost say We chose... We chose neighbor the Jeep of Claremont, Florida. Small town just west of Orlando. The Orlando bug is not faint of heart, but it is not known for the signature brutality of the mine, as I just said, the Miami Broward Palm Beach dealers. Unprecedented. Having a uh, Napleton to Napleton comparison across markets is a pretty good idea. We rarely have the chance to do things like this. Mullinex uh, Ford Napopka comes to mind. That's a, that was a, a great comparison, but they're good dealerships. Molinex is a hero in South Florida, and it's even better in Apopka. And now we're going to see what happens to Napleton when you go to a small town. Uh, Agent Lightning uh, not only accepted the mission, I think it was her idea, but she was going to be in Bradenton anyway. So she was up there, she did the shop, and I'm speaking in the first person as if I am Agent Lightning. Arrived mid-morning, there was a cluster of salespeople near the front door, I laugh every time. Why do they do that? I mean, it's like I refer to them as a wolf pack, and typically you see them out front of the dealerships. You can just drive around, and they all stand together. And uh, are they still smoking, Stu? I don't uh, think so. They used to stand around smoking, and uh, they used to wear white shirts. I don't think they wear the white shirts anymore. A lot lot of places are still doing the white shirt until, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I approached a young man. uh, He broke free from the pack to greet me. Didn't give his name, uh, not very professional. He simply said hello and asked how he could help me. I asked if he had any new Wrangler 4x4s in Stockholm to be told that they're completely out. He said they don't get many these days. Times are tough, he said. Well, <laughs> times are tough for the, the buyers. Uh, times have never been better for the sellers. The salesman went on to say they had a few used ones for sale and tried to gauge my reaction. Then he pointed over to a couple of truckish looking jeeps that's a good description i don't like the looks of that of those truckish looking jeeps i like the real jeep i think yeah. it's really cool but i don't like the truckish looking ones the gladiator yeah. yeah jeep gladiators for sale that's a good name i like the name gladiator <laughs> i uh, showed some excitement said i love the gladiators especially the overland model salesman told me it was my lucky day because the white one was right was right there was none other than the overland model he suggested we go check it out we walked over, the Gladiator was parked on a con- concrete slab next to the marking, uh, parking lot. Parking lot. MSRP was 55000 and $55. And there was, you guessed it, an addendum. The addendum added $12,250 to the MSRP. Wow, that's a big one. $12,250. Hmm. Uh, there was a for two ninety nine, I don't know what Shadow Mark is. They had it at, at one last week too. Yeah, Shadow Mark, whatever. It's worthless. I can tell you that. One year tire wheel protection for three hundred and twenty two. Where do they come <laughs> up with these numbers? Amen. What do you want to charge for the wheel protection? Uh, three fifty. Nah. Three twenty two. Nah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Because uh, it bears no relationship to the cost or value. But it's just they come up with numbers. I just caught a typo, but I like it. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> 
Continue. One year pointless dent repair for two That was my ty- that was my typo. It's painless dent repair, right, but painless. but pointless is just well, pointless is like just as appointment. Yeah. Pointless dent repair because you're probably not going to use it. Well, that's what we're going to from now on. We'll call it pointless painless dent repair. And uh, for two seventy four, a one year maintenance for one eighty nine, wheel locks for one ninety nine, touch up paint for sixty nine, butt flaps for three ninety nine. I think I'm going to doze off. I'm gonna, Sill plate. Uh, what's a sill plate? That is in your door sill. Oh, okay. When you open it, something that protects it. Supposedly. I would call it a door sill plate, but they yeah. call it a sill plate. Three ninety nine, and finally a big fat ten thousand dollar market adjustment. Woo! Naples list price uh, for the two thousand twenty two Jeep Gladiator sixty seven thousand three hundred five bucks. Salesman asked for my driver's license and said he needed to get, to get the key. I told him I left my license in my husband's car, but I shopped at another Naples location, so I was probably in the system. Oh, did she really forget her license, or? Uh, no, she used a different name, so she didn't want to handle it. Oh, I got, I, I got you. Okay, the salesman said, I wouldn't be able to take a test drive without my license, and I replied that was fine, and I was primarily interested in getting a final price. Of course, the reason being, their insurance won't cover them. And that's in their insurance clause that you got to be sure that whoever you take on. I paid my, I I said my husband hates dealerships, refuses to come into one until it's time to sign. I was going, I was doing the legwork. The salesman never never got the keys or had much to say about the vehicle. He asked me to follow him inside so we could talk to the sales manager. Uh, We found his desk and he offered me some of Napleton's famous water. Is that brand water? Is that the reason? Brand water. Okay, yeah, so brand. it's a marketing thing, and you can buy, st- they put stickers with your name, so it's just some generic water, yeah, so, yeah. but they're calling it Napleton's Famous Water, as if it has some Oh, really? Uh, so that's really on the... Uh, I don't know if it says it, or the guy yeah. just called it that, but yeah. I'm sure it's So I declined the Famous Water and said, asked him uh, what his name was. I still hadn't told me who he was. Salesman apologized and said, I'm Benny. Benny asked me what my name was, and I told him. He pulled up my information on the computer, made some updates, then he left to consult with the sales manager about how to move forward without a photo ID. Huh. Without a photo ID. Okay. Uh, Benny came back in 10 minutes and said, there's no way we can test drive the car. And I said, I thought we'd already covered this, and I was fine not driving the car. Unfortunately, a lot of people are fine about not driving the car. I'll just a little editorial note here, please. Drive the car yeah. before you buy it. Yeah, look what happened to Marty driving the the, the Genesis. I yeah. mean, the Genesis might be a great car and drives yeah. great, but Marty's wasn't. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and so and, he did. And there's more of that going on today than ever before because there's so few cars. And I don't know what to tell a lot of people. I mean, the the chances that you can actually drive the car you're going to buy are practically zero. So you're going to have to drive something that's as close to that car. But beware. No two cars drive the same. I mean, you, you could take... You can drive it when it comes in, but if there's something wrong, yeah. then you got to wait another six months to get another car. <laughs> exactly. So you're, I mean, as if you don't have enough problems today with the addendums and the rest of it, uh, you're going to have to take a little bit of a gamble because you will not be able to drive the car that you're going to buy, probably. And uh, you know, if, if you, when it comes in and you waited uh, months for this car to come in and you get in it, and it's not quite right. 
Uh, you're probably going to take it anyway. Consumer Reports has never been more important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And Don't for take some, any chances. some of the ladies that I've dealt with on, on the phone, you know, this is a, a, a real nightmare that they can't drive the car that they, you know, want to purchase. And yeah. when I mention, you know, the amount of time that they have to wait, and uh, it just gets really complicated, and they walk away. So hope you're not getting taken advantage of out there, ladies. I told Benny to go back to his manager and tell him he, uh, he can give me his best price without the extra markups. Then my husband can come to the dealership with my license, and we can sign in on the Gladiator. Uh, Benny went back to the boss. You know, it's the classic game, back and forth. Just imagine what would happen if anything else you were out there shopping for, you had to go through this. But all car dealers do it, so you just take it, right? I mean, that's the problem. I mean, that's that's the reason the car dealers have got such a bad reputation, is that they all do it, virtually all. He returned five minutes later with a worksheet. He said he wanted me to tell him the sticker price before he showed me the worksheet. I was confused. He said, I saw you take a picture of the window sticker. And when I was reading this, Stu, uh -oh. Stu writes these things out. I was thinking, uh-oh. Uh, didn't have her driver's license. I wonder why that was. And now they, they busted me taking a picture of the window sticker. Well, everybody thought, does that. Yeah, I, yeah. Just so you know, just pretty much every, like, if yeah. I see customers, they're constantly taking pictures yeah. of the car and sending it to friends. You should. And, yeah, you yeah. should. You should do that. Yeah, yeah. normally. I found the pic on my phone and said the MSRP is $55,055. $55. And he said, no, the other sticker. And, that, of course, that's with the uh, addendum. I replied, 67305 And uh, then he got a big grin on his face and turned the worksheet over to reveal. You know, it's like a big surprise. Right. Da -da -dum. Here's the price, $61,055. Wow. He said his manager was able to get me out the door, not much more than sticker price. He actually seemed to believe I was being given a good deal. I told him as impressive as that discount was, I was not interested in paying over MSRP. Now, a little editorial comment here too. You're not going to buy a Jeep for less than MSRP. So, uh, uh, in this situation here, uh, you're about as close as you're going to get. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be buying a car today, or a Jeep today. Uh, you know, but if you're going to buy one, in Napleton, and if you could get the, get this price in Napleton, Claremont, Florida, it's not really that bad a price. I had a, uh, somebody called me the other day about a Lexus in Orlando, and he was trying to get the Lexus for below MSRP. I said, if you have to buy a Lexus, buy it. You're not going to buy one below MSRP. So. Uh, same thing with Jeep. Yeah. And Agent Lightning, she she does this to, to get reactions. I mean, she knows sure. what's going to happen. Sure, she she knows they're not going to give her a discount, but she's got to do it sure. to see what they say. Yeah. So you see what happens before you go into the yeah. dealership. Yeah, she gets in there and taunts them. Yeah, yeah. She has fun. <laughs> we can't ask her to buy all these cars. I mean, it would cost her a lot of money. <laughs> we don't pay her that much. He asked me to tell him what price I needed to have to make a deal today. I said I needed to keep it under. Oh no, you, you skipped the last paragraph oh, about oh, the time. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I told him as a. Oh there you go. I told him as impressive as that discount was. I was not interested in paying over MSRP. Benny warned me about hesitating and said it's taking six to nine months to order one, and he has no idea when they'll get another Overland model. Now, it does take a long time to order a car. Just. For my uh, information for you, the salesperson is going to exaggerate 
the time. Uh, it does take a long time. Nine months is ridiculous. It's not going to take nine months <laughs> yeah, to get it. Six, maybe, probably less. But uh, you should order a car. If you, I mean, if you really want to buy a car, you should order the car. Problem is, it is going to take months. And you have to protect yourself. And uh, the way you protect yourself is you go to a certified Costco dealer and you have a clause in your contract on your order car that you will pay the Costco price when the car comes in. And, and you start your search earlier than you normally would. Exactly, exactly. If you have to have a car in June, yeah. start now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so here we are uh, uh, pushing me into uh, buying this. He said the white one was the first one he'd seen in months, and there's just not going to be any others, and if you want to wait nine months, then that's BS. He asked me to tell him what price I needed to have to make a deal today. I said I need to keep it under 62000 62 63 out the door. He wrote that down on the worksheet, asked me to sign on the blue ballpoint pen line. <laughs> he drew the line, the dotted line himself. Yeah. But it wasn't dotted. But he left and was gone only briefly before returning to say his manager cannot do better than 67000 out the door. Another guy, the, the table that we shopped last week, she signed, and then the manager came out and argued with her and said, you said you are going to buy the car. <laughs> I mean, I, I was afraid they were going you know, to try to physically restrain her. You're not leaving here. You. Right. They were calling the caterers. They were, like, uh, they were settling for a night. I she, know Agent Lightning. Let me tell you what. There's she would have entertained why they call that. Her lightning, <laughs> and they would regret that. They would. They would. I, they would I, regret that I agree. A lot. Yeah. I know. The, I know the woman personally. Yeah. <laughs> Benny told me it would take a long time before that happens. He said things would normalize for another one and a half to three years. Another exaggeration. He said he personally, uh, personally did not believe we would ever go back to prices below MSRP. You know, there's a remote chance that could be true, folks. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's bad in a way, but it's good in a way. Uh, you know what would happen? I'm just, uh, just uh, I'm having a brand new thought here. If that happened, if, if, if the dealers and the manufacturers conspired to go to MSRP. Illegally. Uh, illegally. <laughs> and you could never prove it. But I mean, it, it would like thought, if they read each other's thoughts. And uh, it would probably be a good thing for you because it would be far less deception. You'd be paying a higher price if you were an educated consumer, but you'd be paying a lower price if you were a sucker. Uh, you know, and I hate, I say this with love because I don't really mean sucker. I'm talking about the victims of the world, and you know who they are. Uh, they're the uh, the less educated, the, the people that are English language impaired, they're young, they've never bought a car before, they're old because maybe their husband bought all the cars, and they never bought a car before. And uh, there's a lot of people out there that are victimized. They would be protected. You shrewd negotiators mm -hmm. out there mm -hmm. uh, that really know how to haggle, hassle, and, and beat the dealer in his own game, you'll be paying a higher price. I don't say it's impossible that we end up with MSRP, uh, kind of like you do with Apple, you know, with Apple watches and yeah, you made and Benny Apple very, computers. Benny very, very happy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'd be very happy, wouldn't we? Still, I would, yeah, yeah. We're selling every car to MSRP and making a ton of money, and and we're the cheapest act in town. So, 
Yeah, it's great to be able to make money on a car and still have the best price. And not feel guilty about it. And not feel guilty about it. I'm sure Napleton doesn't feel very guilty yeah. about his $10,000 addendum either. But. So anyway, I, Agent Lightning, I thank you, Bruce Dion, this up to leave. But he asked me to wait so he could introduce me to his manager. He came back with a manager who mumbled something <laughs> and thanked me for coming. Right. Thanks for So nothing. there we have it. Napleton in the uh, small town of Claremont versus Napleton in Sodom and Gomorrah of South Florida. You can see the contrast. And uh, the bottom line is pretty much the same, but the treatment was uh, different. And I don't want to you know, influence your votes, but uh, how do you want to vote? We, we failed uh, uh, Napleton of North Lake Boulevard, didn't we, Stu? We did fail them. We failed them. It was, uh, even though we said that it was kind of in line with what's going on, yeah. there were just certain elements of pressure and just yeah. the ridiculousness with the addendum, and we failed them. Yeah, we, str we struggle with it. Anytime we fail a dealer, uh, because we are dealers, and the first thing you do when you start failing dealers is they say, oh, yeah, you're failing me. What about you? And you're just trying to do that to make me look bad so you can sell more cars. So we, we probably err on the side of the dealer when we do these grades. So here we are, A, B, C, D, F. We grade on the curve because uh, there aren't any A dealers out there in terms of real life. So uh, we do it on the curve. 99 percentile is an A. How do you vote? Well, uh, we have one kind of Frank uh, we spoke to earlier gives <laughs> he gives Napoleon brand dealership tactics. Not Napoleon, Napoleon. Uh, don't shop there. He gives them a D plus. I'm waiting for some more to come in on Facebook. I'll update later, but I'm inclined to go with uh, with Frank and give him a give him a D plus. Okay. Any other votes? Okay. Over on YouTube here, we've got Tom with an F. Classic Napleton, but at least they're consistent. Uh, Mark Smith with a D minus, and myself. Ah. I'm going to give him a C minus. I'm going to say I didn't see anything there that was sneaky, hidden, or or trying to be really deceptive. I see, yeah, they're charging a whole lot of money, but they they laid it right out in front of you. They they said, here's the price. Yeah. So it just it to me it just came down to that's what they were charging, and if you don't want to pay it, go somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm, I'm changing <laughs> mine from a D plus to a C minus. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. <laughs> That's the same thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Well, oh, I got, uh, let's see, Brian, 10K market adjustment. Give me a break. D minus. Uh, Tim from Yuma, just a challenging time to buy a new car. No deception and hate the market adjustment. C. Mark Ryan with a D. A blast from the past with a D minus. Uh, let's see, that's what we've got so far coming in on YouTube. Okay. Like Rick said, there it is, laid up right in front of you. Okay, Jonathan Wellington <laughs> gives him a C. What's the final grade? What are we going to do? We haven't uh, heard Nancy or Earl's grades yet. Uh, yeah. what are, Go ahead, Nancy. Uh, what I was going to say was that uh, it is right out there in front of you, you know, all the fees. And I always say, you know, uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with the fees. Uh, there's a whole lot wrong with hidden fees. And Napleton put it right out there, so... Hold on to your hats. I'm going to give them a C. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with a C, too. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a great illustration of, I, I, I choke when I say this, the fact that 
By raising prices, the dealers have actually cleaned up their act. When prices were totally competitive, and, and the manufacturers had a big part in this by shoving cars onto the dealers. Remember, manufacturers make money on every car they, they sell the dealer. And they can sell the dealer just about as many cars as they want because they, they jam them on them, and they, that's a whole different story there. But car dealers usually carry way more cars in inventory than they should. And then they have to get rid of them because they're paying interest on the floor plan, meaning financing the new cars. They can't pay cash for them, so they have to borrow money from the bank to pay the manufacturer. So they got too many cars on the lot, and they got to sell them. And if they don't sell them fast enough, the manufacturer slaps them around, and you can you can lose your franchise, or you can you you know you can really get hurt if you don't sell enough cars. So it puts it puts this savage competition on the car dealers. I can't believe I'm actually defending the car dealers here. Hmm? And so here we are now with the prices way too high, and the customers still buying the cars, and uh, as fast as they can, manufacturers are building them as fast as they can, but the deception's gone. The dealer fee doesn't mean anything anymore. Hmm? The uh, the addendums, the uh, uh, polyglycote, uh, that's, that's a term <laughs> from the past, uh, nitrogen in the tires, uh, pinstripes, all that. Auto yeah, butler. Yeah, all this <laughs> stuff. Doesn't mean anything anymore, yeah. because yeah. The price is the price. If you don't want to pay it, go somewhere else. And so it's a very interesting, unusual, uh, bizarre, we're almost bizarre world. We're bizarre world. We're, we're almost out of time, but I have a question for you. How is this shop different from North Lake's shop, which was an F? They were more polite. They were more direct. They were, uh, there was no, you know, there wasn't the man behind the curtain. Right. Uh, there wasn't. Uh, the pressure. The, you know, the pressure of the flim flam, uh, it was just a small town atmosphere. Folks, you get a better treatment in small towns than big towns. I mean, that's, there's a, there's a, you know, a, a no, uh, the, the, you go, go to a small town and buy a car. Yeah, very true. Uh, thanks so much, Jonathan, uh, for your participation in the show today and uh, asking uh, the questions that you did ask. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're near the end of the show and uh, we enjoy your company most definitely we hope that you enjoy the show as much as we enjoy you stay tuned next week we'll be right back here saturday morning at 8 a.m enjoy that super bowl <laughs>